You are now tuned into the sound of the You're listening to United on Wheels, the web's best podcast for active wheelchair users. Improving quality of life for wheelchair users one day at a time. Visit our website, www.unitedspinal.org. Welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Paul Amadeus Lane, and I'm so happy to have you with me. Now, before we uh, talk about our subject today, I know that's on a lot of our minds. I'd like to start off with the moment. Just wishing you and your family and your loved ones safety during this uh, time of the pandemic of COVID-19. Please stay well. Please uh, be safe. Uh, we, we think about you and uh, this soon will pass. And when that does, we'll uh, come out even stronger. So please, please stay, stay safe. Well, our subject on the show today has to deal with technology and not just any technology. I'm talking about inclusive technology. Tell you a funny story. When I first got injured in 1993, that's when my world kind of rocked when it come came to technology. Now, I was a big tech head growing up. I was a gamer, loved science fiction, so technology was really a, a part of me. And then when I got injured in 1993, that's when they really started the the, the, the PC craze where ones were getting uh, Windows computers in their home, they can do all this amazing things with multimedia CD-ROMs. I wasn't able to use it because of my, my disability. And then we transport to maybe decades later, all this cool technology out here, and I wasn't able to use it. But several years ago, something awesome happened. And what happened was you had companies out there that looked at us, persons with disabilities, uh, people with spinal cord injuries, and say, I want to make sure my technology is there so that you, so that you can take part of it, that you can enjoy it. And we are so happy that we are seeing that today. One organization that's really been responsible for that, that I've known for, for many years, is the Consumer Technology Association. They put on the yearly show CES. And during my, my travels at CES and seeing all the different technologies out there, I've been able to meet some great folks who are really championing the cause when it comes to inclusive and assistive technologies. And one of those individuals is joining me right now. We're talking about the executive director of the Consumer Technology Association Foundation, Stephen Yule. Steve, my friend, how are you? I am doing really well here, uh, being social distanced from everyone uh, down in my basement, but uh, doing great and always happy to join you, Paul, and have a chance to talk about some great technology today. I love it, Steve. And when I was preparing for our discussion, 
something just just popped in my mind. It was it was an epiphany, and that that's dangerous sometimes when I get epiphanies because <laughs> you know you know me, Steve. And the thing about it is, we had a lot of discussions about technology over the past past years. We're starting to see now how technology is really at the forefront when it comes to COVID nineteen and how it's really really saving the day. And and Steve, did you ever think we would see a time like this where technology is really the way that we are existing and living now? Well, you know, I've always been a, you know, I, I'm a geek. I love technology. I, I love this sort of stuff. So I've always been uh, deep into technology. And part of the reason uh, I joined to CTA to launch the CTA Foundation is because I do believe in the impact that technology can have in all of our lives. Um, you know, certainly uh, would never have hoped that uh, a circumstance like COVID-19 would be the reason we would all be uh, working remotely and uh, figuring out ways to uh, use technology. But I do believe it has the power to connect all of us, help us uh, do the things that we're trying to do and do it in a, a accessible manner that can uh, be useful for people of all ages, all abilities, and really, you know, I'm interested to see all the creative things that are going to come out of the the next uh, few weeks, months, or, or however uh, long we are uh, working uh, remotely like this. And I, I love it, Steve. I'm I'm the same way. And, and that really leads us to the Consumer Technology Association and and what it achieves, especially uh, for ones out there who may not be aware of the incredible function that the organization is involved in. I mean, do you mind talking about all the the, the different um, uh, irons you guys have in the fire? <laughs> there are quite a few of them. Uh, well, CTA or the Consumer Technology Association is a trade association. So they represent over 2000 technology companies. And those are everything from the large global brands that everyone knows, the Apples, the Googles, the IBMs and, and so on, uh, to actually about 80% of the CTA members are small businesses or startups. So, and that could be everything from, you know, that that next great idea that's uh, coming out of someone's garage to uh, you know the installers and other people uh, around the industry that are uh, involved in this work. And CTA provides a whole host of uh, benefits for those members, uh, everything from market research to you know membership groups that can help bring, bring people together, mentorship programs, uh, certainly government affairs programs as well, a research library, um, a whole host of different activities. We're seeing CTA do a ton of work right now, especially around COVID-19, providing resources to the industry so that they know how to address uh, and, and work uh, with everything going on right now. Uh, and then the piece that I'm part of is the CTA Foundation. And that is a foundation that was launched uh, just about eight years ago as a way to give back on behalf of the industry. And specifically, when we created the foundation, we looked around to see, okay, what is an issue that technology can make a big difference in, but also what is an issue that maybe hasn't gotten as much attention as we thought it deserved. So we actually selected two issues. So we've been focused on how can technology help older adults and then how can technology help people with disabilities. And over the last uh, eight years, uh, we've given out over $4 million in grants to nonprofits all over the country. We've done other uh, programs of support. Uh, we've had a 
great opportunity to do some work with the United Spinal Association, as well as other uh, organizations helping people of all ages and abilities. So, you know, that's really the focus of our foundation is trying to figure out, you know, how can we really use this technology in a way that helps as many people as possible. And then the one other thing I'll mention, uh, kind of back to the association side, uh, you mentioned it before, but probably what we're best known for is uh, running uh, CES, which is a global innovation show that happens every January in Las Vegas. Um, and it just brings together people from all over the industry, all over you know, media, others uh, from around the world to have you know, great conversations about where's technology going, where are the opportunities. It allows uh, the retailers and the buyers to learn about what are the technologies that you're gonna see on the, the uh, shelves. But it also gives us an opportunity with things like our foundation to have representatives from the disability community there, have them engaging with attendees at CES. So we've had representatives from United Spinal there. We've had representatives from, you know, the American Foundation for the Blind, the National Association of the Deaf, uh, hearing Loss Association, all kinds of different uh, organizations, because we want to make sure that those uh, conversations are going on. And we're getting the best, most successful technology out there. I love it, Stephen. And one of the things that that I really appreciate uh, what you guys are doing over there is when it comes to the importance of workforce, workforce, sorry, diversity and inclusion. Talk about why that's so important uh, when it comes to fighting. And, uh, and being advocates out there for us. Absolutely. Well, you know, as you know, having a diverse uh, workforce and diverse uh, leadership and uh, an organization, it just leads to more successful, better programs. Uh, you know, we see all the data about companies uh, that are diverse and, and how well that they do. Uh, so CTA has made a major effort into diversity and inclusion. Uh, everything from you know, they have a, a fund where they're working with uh, various uh, other funds that uh, essentially invest in diverse uh, founders. Uh, so they, they pledge $10 million that they've been uh, rolling out to various funds. Uh, we had a major program at CES this year covering diversity and inclusion. And really, you know, one of my big focuses is, you know, diversity and inclusion means a lot of different things. So certainly there's you know, gender there. We need to work you know, get more uh, women in the industry and, and work with women founders. Uh, it certainly is uh, uh, racial, uh, you know, including as many minorities as we can, but it also includes things like disability and abilities. So, you know, how can we make sure as many people uh, from all different types of backgrounds are having the opportunity to get engaged? And one thing I really appreciate too, uh, Steve, is just how uh, wheelchair users and persons with disabilities uh, fit into CTA's vision for the future. Just seeing what has happened over the years, maybe once have not seen this, but you guys make a concerted effort to include us in a lot of things. Please explain that if you want to go into more detail about that, please. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll say from a CES perspective, we work to try to make it as accessible as a show as we can. Uh, it is a, a show that takes up quite a bit of Las Vegas and uh, has uh, you know 170,000 people uh, running around. So there are some challenges there, but we do try to make sure everything from providing uh, guides for our blind attendees to uh, help uh, walk around the show to you know, obviously the, the uh, legally required things like you know, ASL interpreters, captions, things along those lines, to having uh, transportation solutions and others for 
uh, people in wheelchairs. And you know, one of the other things that I'm always excited about is you know we have things like you know we have an accessibility marketplace at CES where there's a chance for companies that are really you know focused on the assistive technology market to be there. But really, our message is assistive technology and accessible technology is not one part of the show it is really across the show so we see everything from you know the automotive companies that are are working on various uh, new uh, new uh, looks for different vehicles. We had a, a program that we uh, had at the show a couple years ago called uh, uh, Accessible Ollie. With uh, we work with IBM and Local Motors on, you know, creating what would an accessible uh, self-driving vehicle look like. But then we have, you know. People in the gaming area, like Toby with their eye tracking uh, devices. We have people uh, in the, the wearables uh, section uh, that have all different types of technologies. We have companies like Wheel, which actually we have this um, um, startup or uh, accessibility startup program uh, awards program that we run as the foundation where we bring five uh, startup companies to CES each year. We've done it five times now. Actually, one of the first winners of that program uh, was Wheel with their. Uh, you know, self-driving wheelchair, and uh, they've now been at CES for a number of years since then. So, you know, looking at, you know, what are the emerging technologies that are uh, in this space, and, you know, how can we uh, make that available, and part of the discussion there. And Steve, let's talk about uh, the role in developing and design standards that we see now in, in the tech world, and what what has been uh, the CTA's role. I know in education because we uh, did different programs that are out there. Uh, you go to almost every every accessibility event out there, so to to let companies know what's out there and how they can include us. But what what, what has the role been in the design standards that we see today in inclusive technology that the CTA uh, maybe have championed or have been a part of? Sure. Well, there's a, n a number of different things. Certainly, making it be part of the conversation, and I'll. I'll go into that a little bit more. Uh, CTA is a, a standards body, so there is a number of standards efforts that are going on uh, within the industry. In fact, uh, last year we uh, published a, a new standard focused on uh, inclusive indoor navigation solutions, uh, primarily for uh, blind and low vision attendee or, or participants, but quite frankly, it can help many of us as we're uh, inside a you know, metro station or other uh, buildings where uh, it can help uh, direct people uh, where they're going and, and know what uh, is around them. Uh, but CTA is a long history of working on everything from you know, captions uh, on TVs to you know on the, the old uh, telephones with the, the little nub on the five, uh, that was a CTA standard. So uh, people knew where that was. So th there's a lot of work going on there. Um, as you mentioned, I go to a lot of assistive technology and uh, accessibility related conferences to both I, I want to learn. I want to hear from uh, people in the communities about you know, what's working and what's not working, um, but also to, to share you know the things that I'm finding out there. But also one of the, the real strengths that I see with a, a great uh, location like CES is it's a chance to take the accessibility conversation out of just a accessibility uh, conference and really bring it to the broader industry. So, you know, people who may not uh, necessarily be thinking about accessibility have a chance to be exposed to, you know, what 
all the great work that is going on here and bring that back. And, and then we're working with a number of different organizations that are uh, helping people learn about accessibility and accessible design and all the opportunities that are going on in that space. And as a person with a disability, Steve, I really appreciate um, what you guys are doing because I've seen just the changes over the years uh, when it comes to technology and, and it's awesome. It kind of reminds me, uh, a few years ago, uh, one of your colleagues, uh, Sean Dubravac, uh, he uh, gave a talk about the digitizing of things and becoming the, the interface and how the human body uh, would now become the, the interface uh, many years down the road. Steve, it looks like we're, we're there now. And how is technology evolving and changing our way of life now since we are becoming the interface of the human body in the mouth? Well, that's an easy question. Uh, I, there's so many uh, different uh, different solutions there. Actually, I'd say one of the really exciting things is the number of different interface options that we're seeing. So, you know, for some people, uh, a mouse and a keyboard is what they're comfortable with, and they're able to, you know, continue to operate in that way. Uh, for others, uh, we're seeing the the massive explosion of uh, voice uh, technology so you know whether it's talking to your your smart speaker uh, off in the corner i'll try not to uh, say any of their names so uh, we don't get all your listeners right exactly but you know the, the opportunities there but also with our, our phones and other devices you know being able to have that interface we're seeing you know more and more work being done around you know eye tracking and those sorts of solutions as well and then I'm really excited for you know where we're eventually going with things like uh, brain computer uh, interfaces where you know you'll be able to help you know think and control uh, devices in, in that way and there's a lot of research going into that you know there's some products out there that uh, have some some basic uh, technologies in this space but you know we're seeing more and more research going on in this space and then you know the the real power for this is it gives choice to the consumer so it's not a matter of saying okay this is the only way to interact with this device but it may be you know if this is what you're if this is what you're trying to do and here is a number of different products that might be able to accomplish that which one works the way that you want to uh, work and customizes to you and your uh, opportunities there so that's one of the really powerful things and that ties into the whole you know, IOT space, which I know is one of your favorite topics right there. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that's going to help us control our environments and everything around us. And, you know, that is really exciting for everything from just general day to day living to, you know, health, transportation, uh, you name a space. And, you know, this technology is really going to make a big difference. And Steve, the, the future looks bright, even the now looks amazing as well. But what are some of the barriers in accessing uh, this type of technology? Sure. Uh, you know, there's a, a number of different uh, barriers that need to become. One is just greater consumer awareness about what is out there. Um, you know, helping people learn about the different devices. And that has been a, a big challenge. Uh, but also, you know, helping the, the companies understand how to uh, better work with uh, the devices that are out there and how to better design. So that's where you know, having with people having people with disabilities involved in the design and uh, building of different products really goes a long way. So 
that's a really important step that we're seeing there. Um, certainly, as we look at you know different costs and other uh, items along those lines, you know that is one of the challenges of you know when a brand new piece of technology comes out. A lot of times it's on the, the higher end, it's for the, the early adopters to come in and uh, learn about the technologies, but the advantage of the, the life cycle of some of these technologies is, you know, as they, you know, get broader adoption, it brings down the cost and devices that cost, you know, thousands of dollars, uh, you know, a couple of years ago are suddenly, those are features built into, you know, all types of devices now. So, you know, that's one of the exciting things of, you know, the broader launch of different uh, consumer technologies really does provide opportunity uh, for, you know, accessible, but also available technologies. Absolutely. And, and one thing that I really like about inclusive uh, technology is how persons with disabilities it can live a more independent life. Like right now, I can tell that 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 one person's name, that that smart speaker, uh, to turn on my TV, to turn on my um, my, my my thermostat, to order my groceries, to do all these different cool things right here. And and Steve, that's what I really like about this technology. Maybe some who are afraid to to embrace this type of technology who has a disability, but when we, when we look at the uh, the good side of it, independence, why is that so important? Well, independence just means so much, uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, what type of disability you have or, or really much about you, but you know, everyone likes to, to feel independent and the ability to control what's going on around them. So yeah, if it's a matter of being able to turn on the TV and, and watch the show that you want to watch and not have to, um, you know, wait for a caregiver to be able to uh, do that for you. You know, that can be incredibly free. Um, you know, also the opportunity to do things like, you know, control things around you. So the light switch, the thermostat, knowing that the, you know, garage door is closed and the front door is locked. And that can really help people uh, across the, the ability spectrum because, you know, it may be that you're just, uh, you know, someone in bed in the middle of the night and want to adjust the thermostat without risking getting up and falling or, or you know, double checking that the uh, the front door is locked uh, the same. So, you know, there's opportunities there, whereas, you know, someone who doesn't have the ability to, you know, reach a thermostat if it's placed higher on the wall, uh, there's some great opportunity to, you know, control that through the accessible apps that are on various phones and other devices. So, you know, we see a lot of, uh, you know, great opportunity. And that's where I also see, you know, things like innovations in transportation technology. You know, a lot of the conversation always seems to be about, you know, we need to help people get to medical appointments. And that's great. I mean, that is really important to help get people to medical appointments. But what I really want to see is uh, assistive technology that can get people wherever they want to go, because it's not all about just going to the doctor's office. And, uh, you know, there there's lots of opportunities, you know, to go out, you know, someday when we're all allowed out of the house again, uh, go out and, uh, you know, go out to eat, go out and uh, shop, do, do those sorts of activities, because, you know, that's really uh, some of the great opportunities that we see and, and the independence that can come with that. You bring up a very good point about um, how COVID-19 right now, how we have to the shelter in place and we can't go uh, only to essential places in some parts of the world and even in, in this country. 
And I always tell people uh, when I'm able to talk to them via Skype or, or other forms of, uh, of, uh, of technology, I say, talk to a person with a disability. They can tell you how to shelter in place and not even complain about it. Because for some of us, our lives are sheltering in place because of not having access to uh, transportation and things like that. So we can help out the community as a whole and let them know how they can shelter in place and be it'd be pretty cool about it. We we got all the tricks, Steve. We, we, we can show them how to do it. <laughs> hey, it's all about taking the lessons from everyone who has the experience sharing. You know, that is a lot of, you know, what I've been doing with the CTA Foundation over the last few weeks is just reaching out to all the organizations that we're working with across the country because, you know, if they provide in-person services, right now they're struggling to figure out how to continue to provide those services uh, now. If they provide virtual services, they're struggling with just the increase of demand for uh, what they're doing. So there's a lot of great nonprofit organizations around the country that are really helping a lot of people. They're struggling right now. So, you know, how can we help uh, get them some of the technology and support that they need? Um, and, and that's really, you know, where I'm spending a lot of my time right now is trying to figure out how we can uh, make those connections and, and help as many people out there as we can. Because, uh, you know, one of the major issues that we've dealt with as a foundation is dealing with social isolation. And whether it is older adults or people with disabilities, they are, you know, very, they're at risk for dealing with extreme social isolation. And, you know, now that we're seeing a, a whole country and a lot of the world uh, dealing with social isolation, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned and applied to the greater community. I totally agree. I, I think, I think the, uh, a non-disabled community will ha have a little more empathy for ones who are who have uh, disabilities uh, as far as being at home and everything. Great points, Steve. Really appreciate that. Now let's talk about some of the the cutting edge tech out there that that's on the market. And specifically, I want to start off with tele and digital health. And no time like the present of why this is so important now. But what are some of the cutting edge te technology when it comes to to that? Sure. Well, there's a, a, I mean, that is a major issue for us right now. So whether you're looking at some of the telehealth solutions, so that's ways that you can uh, connect with a medical professional uh, from home via phone, app, other uh, solutions like that, you know, that can be very useful if, you know, one, it can keep you from having to go to an emergency room or locations like that, if it's something that can be dealt with, um, you know, remotely, uh, that, that can be uh, incredibly helpful. Uh, it also can, you know, provide, you know, very basic, uh, you know, prescriptions and things along those lines uh, to keep people out of the system. But also for people who are, you know, remote far from hospitals or other, uh, you know, have transportation uh, difficulties, it can be incredibly helpful to be able to connect right into uh, a medical professional and get their advice and solutions. Uh, so we're seeing a ton of uh, our telehealth companies uh, working in that space. And then you go into some of the sensors that we can have on in the home. So, you know, not, a, not just uh, tracking things like uh, how many steps or uh, devices along those lines, but also going into more you know, medical grade uh, blood oxygen, uh, pulse, other things along those lines that can provide additional information to the, the medical professionals as they're looking to you know, help diagnose people remotely. Uh, those can uh, be incredibly helpful just 
you know, it can also just be for you to, to have a, a better understanding of uh, what's going on. Uh, and we see a ton of technologies working in this space uh, from everything from big companies to uh, small startups. Um, you know, I think to uh, at, at CES this year, we had a, a pitch competition uh, looking at um, technologies. Uh, we partnered with AARP uh, and their innovation labs. And the, the whole focus was technologies that could keep older adults in the game. And one of the technologies, I know it was one that uh, jumped out to you, was a, a company uh, called Triple uh, W with their D-Free uh, solution. And this is a uh, bladder monitoring solution, which you know, for people with spinal cord injuries uh, could be incredibly helpful just to have a better understanding of, you know, when you need to go to the bathroom and when you need to uh, you know, change out uh, different uh, um, solutions. So, you know, there's some really incredible technologies that are being developed right now to address the needs of individuals and provide them and their caregivers the information that they need. Yeah, and as a person with a disability and confined to a wheelchair, uh, these smart technologies are, are just a, a game changer for me. You, you talked about D3. With the D-Free monitor, my wife is able to get an alert on her phone that says, okay, it's time to time to catheterize Paul. Because sometimes when I'm when I'm doing a lot of things, I'm not paying attention, not paying attention to my body, how it's time for me to, to, to be catheterized. But my wife will know from her phone, okay, it's time to time to take care of this. And then some of the other smart technology, uh, when it comes to like if if I have a if I have a, a, a bladder leak or something, if I if I if I have a, a, a uh, an incontinence, incontinence uh, um, accident. You know, my caregiver, my wife is able to look at that and say, okay, so not even the fun things that, that smart tech and VR, like I work out with VR, with Miron VR, and uh -huh. that helps people with disabilities, wheelchair users, uh, to get a nice little workout. And that's all fun. But the ones that changed my life, like where people can check up my health, uh, check on my health and everything, that's really a game changer. And I tell you, this helps me to, to live an independent life, achieve my goals. I'm able to use smart devices in my work. And it's just awesome. We live in a, we live in a very, very cool time where technology is reigning supreme, uh, Steve. Yeah, well, and I hadn't even gotten into the fitness technology yet. Uh, when we get into to wellness and fitness, uh, there are you know companies like uh, Miron, which was one of our uh, startup accessibility winners this year, uh, and other kind of rehab technology that can help uh, you know whether it is someone who uh, is in a wheelchair, has a, a spinal cord injury, or anyone who might be going through uh, physical rehab, you know, devices that can actually track motion uh, another one we saw at uh, CES was called uh, yoga notch and you know they essentially put sensors all over uh, someone's body and the advantage of that is it's one thing if you're in the the uh, physical rehab office and they're you know showing you the exercises and exactly how to do them but then you get home and you know it's a question of you know how many people are actually doing the exercises as often or as much as they should but then also how do you track and make sure you're doing the exercises correctly because the last thing you want to do is think you're doing everything right and, and keeping track of everything but it turns out you're actually moving the wrong way and therefore you know you could almost be doing more damage so you know seeing uh some of the opportunities with some of these body tracking technologies really can provide some some great opportunities for you know different types of movement different types of uh, exercise and yeah whether it is you know full fledged uh you know 
treadmills and uh, bikes and other devices along those lines to uh, all kinds of different uh, health and fitness uh, tracking uh, devices. It's really incredible to see the health space uh, expanding. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's unbelievable how far we've come in the past decade when it comes to technology and especially uh, for ones uh, with uh, persons with disabilities and, and wheelchair users. I mean, the sky is the limit. And I wanted to talk about another subject that some may feel controversial. That's because they saw the movie iRobot and they think Sonny's going to come and say, I didn't kill the man. We're talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, we know uh, one of your colleagues uh, coined the phrase intelligence of things. So when it comes to AI, what are some of the cutting edge things that that's helping persons with disabilities and wheelchair users? We know about the autonomous wheelchair, which is pretty cool, but is there anything else? <laughs> well, AI, I feel like it's uh, going into just about everything these days. So it is, you know, the, the fact that you have the opportunity to, you know, shout out, you know, whoever, turn on the lights and do things like that, you know, being able to set up a, an entire series where you could say, you know, good morning, and it would uh, turn on the lights, raise the blinds, do everything that you want to do. You know, some of that is all based on uh, AI. So, you know, things like that, being able to customize all this technology for you and for your needs. Um, you know, AI is really built into a, a lot of that uh, type of uh, technology as well. Uh, we're seeing things like, you know, smart uh, appliances and, and items like that, where, you know, now you can basically pull a, a meal out of your refrigerator, stick it in the oven. It essentially scans a, a code to know what it's about to cook sets the oven to the uh, right temperature and sets a, a timer on it and, you know, off it goes to, uh, you know, basically do everything that uh, to cook you that meal. Uh, you know, maybe I can finally be a, a good cook. Uh, we'll see, uh, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting areas that uh, AI can uh, play a role. We're also seeing some really interesting things in you know, machine learning as far as you know, object identification, and whether that's telling you know, a self-driving vehicle or a self-driving wheelchair to you know, go around that pothole in the, the sidewalk or, and things along those lines to, you know, especially with some of the work that we do for the, the blind and low vision community of being able to you know, point a camera at uh, whatever you're looking at and it can tell you if that little bottle in, of shampoo in the uh, hotel uh, bathroom is actually the shampoo or the conditioner or whatever it is because essentially all those bottles look the same and if you uh, can't read what's on the label you have no idea what's on there so being able to have it be able to both read uh, things like that, but also help to identify what it is that you're looking at. You know, those are, are really incredible uh, you know, AI technologies that we're seeing in this space. I thought you were going to say bottle champagne. I was like, yes, let's do it, Steve. Let's, <laughs> let's find out the bottle champagne and the ingredients. We can do that too. And, you know, that, that really helps me, especially with smartphones. I'm able to, to put my, my smartphone on, uh, on uh, you know, put it on my wheelchair. I'm able to unlock it with my face, with that AI technology. And that is so, so like, man, it just, it just makes my life so much easier because I can open it with my face. I can even say, hey, say a certain name, and I can tell it to take a picture. It can take a selfie of me. It is like super duper cool. And, and to have these uh, cutting edge technologies is, is really, really amazing. Is there any other cutting edge technology on the market out there that 
that it's really that you see is going to enhance the life of persons with disabilities and wheelchair users. You know, one of the other ones I'll mention is actually another of our uh, accessibility startup winners this year was a company called Loro. Uh, they're out of uh, the Boston area, and they essentially created a uh, virtual assistant for people in, in wheelchairs. And, you know, it's everything from, you know, doing some of the object recognition and other devices along those lines to using AI uh, for people who use augmented communication solutions to basically know what is going on around you and customize the the solutions that you would essentially be going to so you're not going through a number of different menus to get to the words that you want the device to speak it will actually help uh, direct you uh, towards the words it just speeds up communication so there's some really incredible uh, solutions going on in that space uh, you know one of the other things I'll mention uh, you know as far as technologies that can really uh, help uh, you know, both people in wheelchairs, but across the spectrum is something that you're really interested in, I know, and that's gaming. Uh, you know, as we're talking about social isolation and social distancing right now, there's real opportunities for people to be connected through using, you know, whether you're a PC gamer, an Xbox gamer, Sony gamer, how, what, you know, one of the, the various phone uh, solutions, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities to not just occupy yourself with uh, playing a game, but also be socially connected by uh, playing a game. It can really level the playing field and help people uh, connect from around the world of all ages, all abilities uh, through some of these uh, solutions. I love it. I love it. I, you know, all these different techs out there, I can we can we can spend like seven hours talking about it. And one one thing I did want to talk about was robotics and how that can change uh, the game for persons with disabilities and wheelchair users. I know um, one of my colleagues who's a part of the, uh, the tag group uh, with United uh, Spinal Association, um, Tyler, he was talking about how they have this um, robotic arm that would be able to, uh, to help him get a beer at a game if he wanted it, <laughs> or some other things as well. And talk about robotics and how, how that's going to be a game, game changer. Yeah, robotics is really interesting because we're seeing so many innovations going on in that space. And it can be everything from, you know, a, a telepresence robot, which, you know, started out more with uh, people uh, working remotely and having something that could essentially, you know, not just be a screen in a conference room somewhere, but something that would actually be on wheels and could move around the office. So, you know, when someone's not responding to you, you can actually go stand in their doorway, uh, even if it's sending the robot to do that for them. Uh, you know, there, so there's a lot of solutions along those lines to, you know, a lot of single purpose robots, uh, certainly the, the Roomba and other devices along those lines, uh, you know, going into what you're, you're talking about as far as different uh, prostheses and other uh, solutions for you know being able to reach things that are are out of reach for people being able to control arms and other uh, solutions along those lines really uh, incredible uh, we saw a number of different solutions at CES this year that could essentially whether it's in the home uh, be able to you know go into the kitchen get you that beer and uh, bring it back to you or if it's in more of a, a care solution it could go 
you know, room by room and dispense the, the right medication to the right people. Uh, we've seen some uh, hotels that are already starting with different uh, concierge robots that can kind of deliver something to your room and other things like that. So there's some really exciting uh, work in robotics. You know, everyone's kind of just debating, you know, are we looking for the Rosie the robot that's going to, you know, do everything for us or is it going to be a whole host of different uh uh, robots that are doing kind of different pieces of what we're looking for. And, you know, we'll see how the market goes. But, you know, it's really interesting to see. The other area that's kind of interesting for robotics is, you know, some of the work that we do with uh, people with dementia is, you know, there's devices, uh, um, you know, various uh, devices like there's a Paro Seal, there's a uh, another company that has kind of a, a robot cat or a robot dog that you know they can uh, interface with and it really is amazing to see the connection that people can make with these sorts of uh, uh, products and really how that can help especially someone with more advanced alzheimer's or dementia uh, so really robots are you know they're they're across the spectrum as far as how they can help us well said well said and and steve let, let's discuss um, now the importance, we have all these different technologies out there, all these different great companies out there. Why is it so important uh, uh, investing in the future of inclusive technology by supporting uh, uh, innovative companies and engaging organizations like uh, United Spinal? Why is that so important for companies out there? Sure. Well, Companies want to reach as many people as they can. If they want to serve as many uh, consumers as possible, you need to have a, a accessible technology that can really uh, be useful for people because you know people aren't going to uh, use a technology if it doesn't work for them. So you know, one, it, it certainly, I would say, it's the right thing to do as far as making technology work for as many people as possible. But it's also, quite frankly, in their business interest to uh, address technology to reach as many people as possible. So uh, that's where we're uh, seeing some really, uh, you know, incredible opportunities for technology companies to work with uh, various uh, groups uh, in the, the disability community, including United Spinal, uh, because you can't design technology for the communities that we're trying to serve without the input of the people uh, who will be using it. Because, you know, I'll tell you, I can't tell you what it's like to you know, be someone with a spinal cord injury. I, I try to, you know, I, I love talking to you, Paul. I love working with United Spinal. And, you know, I like to think that I have some empathy towards it, but I will never claim that I know what your lived experience is. So, having people like you having people from united spinal engaged in the design that brings a whole host where i would only be guessing so you know that's why it is just so important to have as many people from across the disability spectrum involved well we really appreciate your willingness uh, to listen to us who are part of the community we, we really we are really thankful uh for that steve and how can uh, individuals with disabilities support the work of the CTA and the foundation, or if they are interested in playing a role in the development of inclusive and assistive tech, how can a person do that? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, as far as CTA and CTA Foundation, uh, the CTA Foundation's at ctafoundation.tech. It's dot T-E-C-H, uh, and CTA's at CTA.tech. Uh, so you can always find all kinds of information as far as 
all the work that we're doing with the, the foundation, all the work that the association's doing with the industry. Uh, you know, as far as uh, getting involved, I would certainly recommend that people reach out to United Spinal. It is a great way to get connected with people across the industry. Uh, I know they have a number of technology companies that they're already working with, but also, you know, a number of the companies also have, uh, you know, helplines and other people that you can reach out to. So if something's not working well, you can kind of touch base with them and uh, you know help them uh, design uh, for the next product, uh, something that will work well. But certainly I would say United Spinal is a great resource for this. Appreciate it, Steve. Anything else uh, you'd like to articulate to ones out there about uh, just uh, inclusive technology, persons with disabilities or wheelchair users? The floor is yours, my friend. Well, I just want to uh, thank United Spinal for putting together this podcast, getting more information out there. Uh, Paul, I always enjoy talking with you uh, and you know all the work that you're doing in this space. Uh, you know, but please, uh, you know, people look for what technology is working well. Uh, you know, look for how you can share within your community what's working and what's not, uh, and really. Uh, you know, especially these days, you know, take care of each other, stay safe, stay healthy. I love it. I love it. My, my great friend, the executive director of the Consumer Technology Association Foundation, Steve Yule. Great talking to you, my friend. Looking forward to catching up with you and navigating uh, through uh, inclusive technology and assistive technologies and how it's really enhancing the lives of wheelchair users and persons with disabilities. Always great talking to you, my friend. Anytime. Thanks, Paul. Follow United Spinal Association on Facebook. Connect with United Spinal on Twitter via United Spinal. All right. That was the great Steve Yule. Love talking to him, getting his insight. Now, before I let you go, I wanted to quickly mention that the United Spinal Association is developing a tech access program that lets members get involved in testing and uh, reviewing new accessible technologies. Now you can visit uh, United Spinal at unitedspinal.org. The new website is awesome. Make sure you check it out. And that's unitedspinal.org to learn more about becoming a member and getting involved in this initiative. Well, thank you all so much for joining me here on the United on Wheels podcast. I'm Paul Amadeus Lane. Look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Take care, folks. You're listening to United on Wheels, the web's best podcast for active wheelchair users. Visit our website, www.unitedspinal.org. United Spinal Association. Thanks for listening.